Well, here we are approaching the midway point in the season. One game to go before the bye. We say good evening to DeMarco Farmore, East Jones Drew. I'm JB Long. Off to Miami. Here we go again. Another early kickoff in the East Coast, the Miami Dolphins, with a new quarterback set to host the Los Angeles Rams. Rams have a chance to get to 6-2 and two at the midway point. How are we doing, gentlemen? You know, I, I, it's wonderful. When the, when the Rams were able to put a whole game together the way they did on Monday night, even though it wasn't a complete game, but to see them dominate in all three phases was was wonderful. And then the opportunity to get to six and two before your bye. I mean, this league, it, it's, I had a guy tell me uh, yesterday, this league is in the, like college where you have to win with style points. You just want to win. Right? You just want to get as many wins as possible so you can get to that one dance. You know, I don't know what you guys called it at your middle school or what you called it at your high school, but it's that uh, that fall dance. I forget what it's called. It's like barn. You know, we just want to get to the uh, dance so I can get on the dance floor. Right, and then Sadie what, Hawkins? what kind of yeah, Sadie, Sadie Hawkins? Sadie Hawkins. Sadie That's Hawkins what, I just was yeah, trying to get yeah. to the dance so I can get on the dance floor because once I get on there, anything can happen, right? And I think that's the beautiful thing. Dale Sal had Sadie Hawkins. Oh yeah, we wow. had it with Crondelette, um the wow. next door, and then in other schools as well. But the thing is, you just want to try to accumulate as many wins as possible. If you saw what happened to the Niners last year, their schedule wasn't the best schedule. It wasn't it was one of the easier schedules? But guess what? They kept winning. You're building confidence after each win. You're playing better and you're playing better. And next thing you know, it's December and you got 10 wins. And how healthy is your roster when you get there? So right. can you cash that opportunity in like the Rams did and almost uh, won a championship following that 2018 season? DeMarco, for me, this is an opportunity to kind of dictate the framework of your second half. It's all going to be decided in the second half. You've played all but one of you have all but one of your division games waiting for you after the bye in the toughest division of football. But if you get this one, if you're six and two, then I think you're still talking about things like maybe the number one overall seed, a bye, home field advantage. If you don't, I think it'll feel a little bit different coming out and hosting the Seahawks on the other side. Coming off a loss. Yeah. Is that what you mean? Or well, just... no one likes to sit on a loss for two weeks through your bye to begin with. It's yeah. one thing that McVay's Rams have done very well, three and zero going into the bye. But I think 6-2 and two with the gauntlet in the NFC West that's ahead just casts a different light on everything than 5-3. and three. I agree. And what's that stat, maybe, JB? Is, is McVay 14-5 and five after losses? I think that's his record. Yeah, like you don't you don't let teams beat you more than once. So yeah. five times he's lost back-to-back since he's been head coach. I mean, that's, that's amazing. That's one thing that does scare me about Miami. Aren't they coming off a bye? After they just pulverized the Jets, yeah. and the Jets are bad, but they're still a professional football team. They shut them out, so they're going to be sky high. But, yeah, man, I agree. Uh, I like where this team is right now. I think they got their, their – the, the defensively, they got their butts handed to them in San Francisco. They responded. Uh, I think the offense has been pretty good for the most part, say, for one bad outing or one tough outing in San Francisco. And then you, you ask me how I feel about this football team. Hell, I feel good. I got Johnny Hecker. Right. You know, no matter what. I mean, if the offense is struggling, um, we can always pin. Think about what Nick Foles saw. I mean, 80 yards, 90 yards consistently. That's pretty damn. It's pretty damn tough. It's to a play, long road to snap plays against Aaron, <laughs> but to snap plays versus Aaron when you've got that much field plus Jalen Ramsey hovering around. So, you know, when they start to click, if you get through Miami with a win and then you start division play, and that confidence is going to be sky high. Yeah, I like the way you're set up right now. Is this a defense-driven team? At the midway point, is this a defense-first franchise right now? No. I think it's a um, – and as we get going, we're going to talk about matchups. I think down the stretch this defense is going to match up well, and it may seem that way. 
um, just because of the way they match up against the Chicago Bears. It was like the perfect matchup for what the Rams want to do defensively going against the Chicago Bears. And I think you're going to see that same thing against the Seattle Seahawks and the Arizona Cardinals. The defense matches up well against those type of offenses that want to kind of throw the ball and not really get down and dirty and run it. Now, if you're playing the AFC North, that doesn't fit this defense. Right, this defense isn't uh, a defense that's going to stop the run consistently. That's not what they try to do, but they they have the ability to run with you if you want to be one of these fast flowing, throw the ball, spread the ball around uh, defenses. So, I, I think it's just the matchup played in their favor on Monday night, where it was just like this defense was dominating. But then there's going to be some games where, like the Buffalo Bills, it's going to be an offensive type team, and I think that's what a championship team is. You can morph and fo- um, morph and change into what whatever it takes to win a game. See, I I actually think that JB is on to something here, and I think the offense is going to get the ink. Jared Goff, Sean McVay, they score 30 points. They're going to get the ink. But I, the, the big plays, the, the plays that spark the team are actually coming off the defensive side. Jalen Ramsey with that big shot on third night in the right. second quarter. It ignited the, the sideline. Uh, Floyd getting big sacks versus Chicago, his former team, ignited the sideline. So I think the attitude... The violence, the tough guy stuff is on the defensive side. But I think it benefits the offense. So they get the ink if that's if that makes any yeah, sense. It, well, I yeah. guess I guess where I'm coming from is it wasn't that way against the Niners, right? It was yeah. a, it was a different matchup. And so regardless of if it's a defensive team or from the offensive team, if that matchup presents itself for you to to be the one to take over the game, that's what happens. And I think that's what's going to happen down the stretch. Uh, but there are some times when the offense is going to be the, the side that's going to have to go like the Buffalo Bills. They're the side that is going to have to try to score points and catch up and do something. It just it just it just plays that way. It just depends. And those are those are championship teams. Like I, I remember going back, and I, I, I'm going to go back a little bit. But the Pittsburgh Steelers in 2008, they had the number one defense. But in that Super Bowl, the Arizona Cardinals were carving them up. And guess what? The offense had to step up mm-hmm. and make and be big plays for them to win that game. Yeah, yeah, the defense had a touchdown, but for the most part, it was the offense that had to 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 score points. So it just depends. And those are championship teams. Yeah, the defense it may be a defensive team, but when that defense yeah. folds, that offense has to be able to take the step if forward. If the Rams O and the Rams D walk into a bar and a fight happens, I oh, guarantee I'm you, taking the defense. Yeah, Jalen and, and Aaron are walking out. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, I guarantee you they're walking out of that fight. So I mean I, th- I think the defense, I s- still think they can get better, but I do think the attitude and the pulse of this team is on that side of the ball. You're listening to Rams All Access. The Rams are off to Miami, and just like Jared Goff at the Coliseum four years ago making his first start against the Dolphins, now it's two a time in South Beach. The number 5 overall selection gets his first taste as a starter against this Rams defense we're speaking of. All right, we've had about a week to process this decision now. They wanted to make the change from Fitzmagic to Tua over their bye, but it comes at a time where they're 3-3, three and three, and they're entering a wide-open division race in the East. They're coming off back-to-back wins in three out of their last four. How do you think they're situated to go forward with a rookie quarterback? Raise your hand if you thought Miami was going to make the playoffs this year with Fitz. I mean, I, th- to be honest with you, they started off 0-2, but once they play the Jags, they went on a tear. The Jags. Yeah, but it's, remember, it's always about confidence. I know, I'm just, but I'm just... They went to San Fran and put a whooping on San Fran before the, the Rams got there, right? I like the beard. I like Fitz just as much as the next guy, but really. 
Year 16. This could be it. This could have been his last, you know, year you know, 16. his ride off into the sunset. I'm, this is more of a stopgap, and you know it. It's just to get Tua ready, and when Tua's ready to go, you put him in regardless of what he does. I, I, I know, but if you just took his name off of the <laughs> off of the he resume. He's rolling right now. And not just this year, but rolling there have been times three three? throughout his career where it's like, why does everyone think they can always do better than Fitzmagic? Well, I think you can, and you should be able to. I, I, I think he's okay. You know, if you didn't have a quarterback and you I think got, he's better than okay. But if you if you didn't have a quarterback and you had Fitz, you'd feel comfortable. Okay, yeah. I'll say this. You'd feel better. You could put Fitzpatrick in Jacksonville right now and they may be rolling. Literally. He's they better be, than Minshew. He, they may be rolling. Okay. You could put him Would you trade him for Goff? Would they they might trade him for Garoppolo, but Yeah, but what's that? Wilson. What, but think about keep this. Going. What, Kyler what, Murray. What about Josh Allen? Because that, that's no. a guy I'm going to tell you why. Yeah. The first couple, first month of the season, he's been on fire. The last three weeks, you're going to ride that roller coaster with him. I mean, we rode it in game yeah. playing the Buffalo Bills. So you like he and Fitzpatrick is a roller coaster, but he's just not. He doesn't have a that drop would you doesn't trade him happen. For, Harp, for would you switch him out for Justin Herbert right now? No, no. Even though they're Herbert, one and whatever, Herbert's rolling no. though. It's yeah. not Herbert's fault that they're losing. I'm just come on. It's year 16 of Fitz. You know what this was about. He knew. He did. And I think he's doing the right thing. Did Chan Gailey know? Because Chan Gailey yeah. signed up to be his offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, I thought I. This is what. To be honest with you, this is what I thought they were going to do. And I thought they were going to do the Mahomes and the Aaron Rodgers way, where you let them sit for a year. And then you let him go, like Alex Smith, trade Alex Smith, and then you let Mahomes take off. I, I just don't think that happens anymore. I don't think you that's can draft crazy. a guy five anymore and sit him for half a season or more. It's just that's not where we are as a quarterback culture anymore. Look, uh, Tua got healthy. And when healthy, if, if he came out of the draft or came out of college healthy, he probably starts this year as the no number question. one guy. So as soon as they – he got confidence back in his body. They got comp- confidence in him. They were going to give him the job regardless of where Fitz Magic was with this offense. I have to say this, though. Two of the greatest quarterbacks in our game sat. Number three, Tom Brady sat, too, before he got in. Sat before they played. Think about that. The th- three of the greatest guys and sat. A, and a lot of UPS drivers started day one and got blasted out of here. Aaron Rodgers, the other <laughs> that you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, Aaron Rodgers, Patrick Mahomes, and Tom Brady. Okay. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing wrong with City. Okay, how's Sam Darnold doing? I'm just saying ownership. <laughs> no, he didn't sit though. He anymore. came out right and played. That's what. That's the other way. You can put him in too soon too. That's what. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So I'd rather him sit for a yeah. year and just be like, hey, first of all, if I'm the Dolphins, and I know we're getting off tar- off uh, a little bit, but if I'm the Dolphins, I'm not starting to against the Rams. He would have started against the Jets. I'd be like, yo, you know what, Fitz, I appreciate you, but we're gonna start him against the Jets because you know what, this is like practice, right? We're gonna go out here. We're gonna. You know, we know we can move the ball against them. We know we defense we can stop them. They're not doing anything on offense. We'll get ample opportunities in that situation. And then we'll have the bye week, and then we can game plan, and then we'll feel more comfortable. But to start him against his Rams defense, that is like I mean, again, this this is the nature of their they're a physical bunch, right? They're becoming more physical. They're attacking the quarterback. And I don't care how strong you think you are, if Aaron Donald grabs you and he slams you like he did Josh Allen, it's gonna be a problem. <laughs> We've mentioned his name a couple of times. We have not mentioned Sean Robinson yet with respect to this defense. On the other side, what will he mean to Brandon Staley's defense as they prepare to face Tua and the Dolphins who are coming off a bye? It's week eight in the National Football League, and the Rams have a chance to get to 6-2. and two. You're listening to Rams All Access on 710 ESPN. 
All right, coming up, we've got Joe Shad with us for Four Down Territory, a peek inside the Miami Dolphins facility, what this week has been like as they introduce Tua as a starter in anticipation of the Los Angeles Rams. But here's the issue if you're the Miami Dolphins. Is your offensive line ready to play in front of Tua Tungavailoa? Because Fitzpatrick, for some of his flaws, was really adept at processing quickly, getting rid of the football on time, on target, and in that sense, he could have, I think, presented a threat similar to what Garoppolo and the Niners did getting after the Rams' defense. Can Tua do the same? I mean, he's all-world at the college level, super accurate, super productive, but can you do it in your first opportunity against this Rams' defense? So this is the problem when you talk about the college level with him. All those dudes got drafted first round, right? Them dudes in front of you aren't all first-round picks. And and I think the other thing is this. When you're playing with a rookie quarterback um you have to adjust you have to go to quick game which we saw with the Niners you have to run the ball and when you take your shots your intermediate pass has to be off a play action pass what the Rams have done stopping the run is going to eliminate all that if they can stop the run against Miami Dolphins you're going to take a big chunk of uh, off of what they want to do and does their running game threaten you I, I mean, I like no, disres- no disrespect to to, to yeah. my my Washington Husky over here, but he ain't scared. He doesn't scare no, me. But I, I like their game. I, I think they have the right back in there, and I think they're a whole lot quicker and faster than what Chicago no question presented. And Chicago had some success, and they do it. From yeah. Remember, they they're they're a power team too. They'll try oh. to run down at you, and which is which is important. But they'll use a fullback. They yeah, got two yeah. three tight ends, and this team in the open field scares me a lot more than Chicago did. So right. I mean, they can give you some fits with but- their skill on the perimeter. You mean? Just Chan Gailey's no dummy. He's going to get the ball out fast and make you play one on one. And this will be a little bit different than it was last week for those safeties coming up making those one on one tackles. Gotcha. These guys can make you miss, and and away you go. So, yeah. But uh, going back to their O line, and they've shuffled it a few times. They've got a couple of rookies playing up front, and they've got a converted tackle playing guard. Flowers. Flowers playing guard. Starting guards Eric Flowers and Solomon Kinley are each among the 10 worst guards by pass block win rate this season. Yeah. And then you add a rookie right tackle next to that, which now becomes two his blind side. And a backup left tackle. But they argue with that. They say, look at our film. We had a few bad outings earlier in the season, but look at our recent film. We've been more productive than what the data might tell you. I, and and I have, and I did. And then I went back and watched the Rams' defense versus Chicago, and AD jumped off the page when he's first off. Mm-hmm. I like that. But I saw a far more physical Michael Brockers than I saw a week before. Yes. Mm. So when you couple that with AD being AD and Brock being physical up the – to be honest, Michael Brockers' job right now is to throw his body around. Dude. That's it. We're getting so, paid to – hey. So when you do that and you have an offensive line like this that you can do it against, I don't know how you run the ball so, between the tackles. Sorry to interrupt, Maurice, but I agree with what you just said about Michael Brockers. Yeah. And then all of a sudden, Greg Gaines is showing up and yeah. stealing some reps. And now here comes Sean Robinson. And that's what I wanted to talk about because I think that is the key to stopping the run. If you can get Sean Robinson, Sebastian Joseph Day, and Greg Gaines to play really well, that is going to be an issue because I, I – I, you have a reputable run-stuffing nose, at least the potential to have one playing next to Aaron Donald for the first time. And he's yeah. not. And the other thing is, he's not playing over the center where it's just one-on-one. He's going to be taking double teams. If you don't double-team him, you're going to get immediate pressure up the a gap. How you? How do you pressure Ashawn and Aaron at the same time? Well, I don't know how you block him. One, somebody has to be one-on-one. Well, I, I I like Karras the center. He was the guy in, in New England, right? Mm-hmm. Couple couple rings there, but I mean. 
matched up one on one if you do decide to go bare and you cover up both guards and the center with with off defensive tackles. I, I don't think they'll be able to get push. So that lets Micah Kaiser roam and make plays. So I think that's perfect for what you're about to face in Miami because there's only so many ways they can attack you. Now, when I mean faster and quicker and Chan Gailey's no dummy, he's going to get the ball out to the perimeter quickly and spread you out and try to make you chase a little bit. But if you stop those plays, if you have a chance to put them in negative yarded situations, I don't think they're going to let Tua hold the football uh-uh. and survey the field. So if you can stop the run on first down uh, and stop whatever – game plan they have for those second down plays, those play action screens and whatnot, and get them into third and long situations, I think the ball comes out quick and you have a chance to get off the field. Hmm. You know what I mean? Uh, But I don't think they're going to allow Tua, no matter what happens, to, hey, go save the game. I don't think he's ready for that just yet. Yeah. I just just know when you have a rookie quarterback, and maybe the Chargers have done it a little bit different. They're taking shots down the field. But you have to run the heck out of the ball. I mean, you have to really be 60-40 run pass, and then you want those chunk plays down the field or getting the ball out quick. My, With my, these three guys in the in the interior and the way you're playing, but this I is I don't see a consistent run game. This, for Miami. The, this yeah. is the, well, this is the one thing, and I, and I've noticed this on the Rams defense when you when they go in the I formation, and we saw the Niners take advantage of if you run off tackle. You have an opportunity to crease, like between the tackle and tight end. That's where the the, the gap is, where that linebacker with the fullback. It, it it comes down to Micah Kaiser, like like you said, Brockers is throwing his body around. These linebackers, Kenny Young and Michael Kaiser, or Micah Kaiser, are going to have to sell out and and you know the old school try to knock the fullback out type of play and sell out for this team because that's how you're going to have to stop this running game. Uh, watching the Dolphins, they love off tackle. They love to run off tackle. Gaskin, Gaskin does a great job of filling everything. He'll cut back. He'll bounce it. He'll keep it in the in, in where they're trying to hit. He does a great job with that. It's going to start with that. You have to stop that right away. And then you kind of, like we, we always talk about, you stop the run on first and second down. You earn the right to rush. That's what it's going to be. That's what kind of game it's going to be. It's just going to be one of those. And then the other thing is it's an early kickoff. You're flying down to, to South Beach, right? It's going to be different weather than you're used to. It's going to be hot and muggy. Ooh. They're gonna. They may go up tempo. Who the Miami? Dolphins? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I'm telling you, I like they. If, if if it's me, that's what I'm gonna do. Because guess what up tempo does? Simplifies. Simplifies the defense. You know what you're in. Fatigue is a factor. Fatigue becomes a factor. See, I I did not see that watching Miami the last couple of weeks with with Fitzpatrick. They sub a lot. I mean, and they've got some diversity in their personnel packages. They'll use two backs with a true fullback. They'll use two backs with like Patrick Laird mm-hmm. back there two three tight ends and i do want to talk about like how much do the tight ends threaten you because coverage with your linebackers and being dinged up i like in the, in the back oh, end is nice i like it okay well yeah. let's go there then because yeah. you're you're down jordan fuller yeah now you started using burgess and he's done for the year nick scott showed up late in that bears game but are you ready to take on these multiple packages and also just the element of surprise that could come with an rpo offense and gailey and tua with Devonte parker i He's had a hammy, right? But he's still mm-hmm. Devontae Parker. So are you going to be able to stop Gasecki when you can't put Jalen Ramsey on him? Oh, you're because not putting. You're not going to put Jalen on him. That's what I mean, because he's got to deal with these outside yeah. guys. So Gasecki is a guy that can give you fits. I was surprised that Chicago didn't go to Jimmy Graham more. I really was. I, 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 would, say, I would say yes, but commit more. Yeah. Or, I, I mean, just the yeah. tight ends, period. Yes. Yeah, I mean, I, this week, if, you, if you're smart – I would let the tight ends just go reca- to work. Go to work on your linebackers and safeties. Well, so this especially is especially with a quarterback like two. If, if I'm the Rams, 
defense. I'm gonna John Johnson, you want this money. You want you want this notoriety, you want all this. Your job is to lock up on Gasecki. That's it. We'll handle everyone else. Jalen, you're gonna either take Preston Williams or Devontae Parker. Like and then we'll we'll let we'll double or whoever else we have to focus on. If it's Parker or Williams, we'll focus over there. But those two dudes can't beat us, and we're going to put our two best players or in the secondary on those guys. And it's it's a it's a challenge again, the same way Brandon Staley challenged them to be more aggressive tacklers and aggressive defense. Now I'm challenging you each week is different. I'm challenging you now to shut these two down two dudes down in the passing game. Can you do it? All right, we're going to talk a lot about Goff and the offense on the other side of four-down territory in a conversation with Joe Shad. Let's touch briefly on the change the Rams make at kicker. Okay, they bring in an L.A. product, a veteran. Kai Forbath takes over for Samuel Sloman. I was thinking on, on the drive-in today, gentlemen, that the Rams are fortunate, I guess, that Sloman didn't cost them a game, right? You, went with, your draft, you yeah. went with your draft pick. You played, what, seven games? You've lost two of them. But I wouldn't say the Rams lost the Buffalo game because of Sloman. You didn't lose the San Francisco game because of Sloman, even though he had an extra point block. Would you? Am I wrong in that regard? No. Okay, so you survived the experiment. It didn't work out. Now you go with more tried and true. Does anything change in terms of the way Sean McVay calls and manages a game with Forbath? Do you know what his long is? Because I don't. I do. Forbath. I want to say, this is what, like 53 maybe? Special teams this week. Uh, this Kai Forbath signed off the Bears practice squad. Career long 57 okay. back in 2015. That's uh, going back a ways. I, yeah. I, I will just add, I watched him stripe a 54-yarder at SoFi Stadium. That would have been good from 60. That was without a rush okay so okay. i'll take that as a caveat. i've always liked him i don't think i would change my game plan and that mm. is when you get to when you get across the 50 zerline area what we used to call that yep um i'm still bringing in hecker to pin because i like we said i think that's the identity of the football team I, I don't think i'm trying long field goals with my place kickers this year i'm not well, unless, I'm not, unless i had to i'm not gonna do it right now Right, you're gonna to have to earn the right to yeah, do that. And you're gonna have to in a game. Yeah, take that out of the equation. Otherwise, you're pr- you're productive enough as an offense, and the mm-hmm. math says you should be going for those anyways. You can take risks at midfield. Your defense has proven they can back you up. Well, yeah, for me, I, I, anytime you make that type of change, you want to make sure that he earns the trust of the team. You, you like, yeah, I'm not gonna be like, all right, 56 yarder, go out there and do it. Like, no, 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 no. You're gonna make a couple 30s. You'll make a 40 yarder. 45, okay, okay, 50, okay, and then we'll be like, all right, now we need you to bang if, this big one. If you remember, one of the reasons, one of the leading reasons why the Rams decided to move on from Zerline is the last two seasons he had dropped off in the 40s. That that 39 to 50 range right. had gotten a little bit dicey for whatever reason after he was marvelous in that 2017 season. 17. Um, where he was automatic, basically, as soon as you tip the field. That's an area where Forbath has been good recently, as recently as his, his opportunity with the Cowboys, and I think that's where you focus. Beyond that, you should be thinking four-down territory. Inside of that, I think you should be thinking four-down territory, personally, based off of where you are with this offense. But I understand the move. I like the move in this regard. We've talked about playing complementary football, being able to win games in all three phases. Chicago, yet another example of that. The one element that I don't think was being held to the same standard, the same accountability, was your rookie kicker. And that's understandable in in a respect as you look for an answer. But I think the time had come where if you want to be a championship team going into and coming out of this bye, you needed a kicker who could hold 
up his end of the bargain. No doubt. I don't know what's worse, man, losing confidence in your quarterback or losing confidence in your place kicker. As a defensive player, I don't know. It changes the oxygen on the sideline, it doesn't really, it? It really, really does. It really does. Um, you know, when, when you have a chance to build for points or get back in a game or take a lead and it's missed or it's blocked and it's you constantly have problems it just it does something to you physically and mentally when you when you don't get those points that you need what did you see uh in on that monday night game when the kick got blocked uh you know the first thing i looked and i think i asked Les Snead or maybe i asked coach mcveigh did he leave his feet to get it or was did he just stand oh, yeah. up yeah well that's one thing Les told us is the scanner report was out and now you right. start to see all of the opposing teams put their six foot five wingspan in the middle over the long snapper to go get one. Yeah, if he did jump, I mean, it was maybe a three inch vertical, so mm. it wasn't very high coming off his foot. You, mm. you just can't have that. And I, I said this, uh, I told, well, I said it during the broadcast. Get ready for the block. And number two, you're lucky it went forward and not backwards. Mm-hmm. Right. Because if it gets blocked and goes backwards, that oh, changes a game. We're, yeah. we're scooping and scoring. Big time. Absolutely. Yeah. Which they did and beat me in fantasy. All right. So Forbath will make his Rams debut this Sunday morning in Miami. Coming up, we will go to South Beach and talk with Joe Shad for the latest on the Dolphins. And then on the other side of that conversation, a breakdown of the Rams offense. Specifically, where are they at tailback as Rams All Access continues on 710 ESPN. Welcome back to Rams All Access Week 8 Preview. The Miami Dolphins await the Los Angeles Rams. And time for Four Down Territory, our weekly trip inside opponent's territory. Joe Shad covers the fins for the Palm Beach Post and has taken some time out of his Thursday to be our guest. Okay, Joe, it's two a time. We all understand what's around the corner. All eyes on Miami and Tua's debut as a starter. What do you think that'll mean on the field for the Miami Dolphins? Well, the Dolphins go to Tua with the belief that he can bring much more than Ryan Fitzpatrick, which says a lot because Ryan Fitzpatrick had played pretty well in the first six games, at least four of the first six games he had played quite well. But uh, this is really an eye on the future while also believing that Tua has made enough progress in six weeks of practice that he is ready for this. Of course, it's an extremely difficult challenge facing Aaron Donald in that Rams defense, but they believe that he is poised, they believe that he is accurate, and they believe that he has good anticipation, and they'll make good decisions. What about the offensive line in front of him? Because I've read some of your clippings, some of the talk around Miami, that they believe their film is better than some of the metrics objectively say they are. Where do you come down on that argument? That is true. I mean, it's not ideal for Tua's first start to come without first-round left tackle Austin Jackson, who will miss this game and perhaps a few more. Uh, but uh, Jesse Davis has done okay at left tackle. Robert Hunt, the rookie, has been solid at uh, right tackle. You know, you get two rookies on the right-hand side. Certainly the Rams will try to exploit that. Um, but I think they've been solid at center and left guard. Maybe it's just that I'm so used to horrendous line play hmm. in Miami that being average seems quite good. Joe Shad covers the Dolphins for the Palm Beach Post. He's our guest on Four Down Territory. Question number three, there's also a discrepancy on the defensive side of the football uh, in terms of some of the advanced metrics and and where they are according to Pro Football Focus and the fact that they also are just shutting teams down with their defense and winning games most recently against San Francisco and the New York Jets. Is this a defense that's worthy of contention in the AFC East? Yeah, this is an above-average defense. Uh, the only reason the Dolphins' defense struggled early in the season is that there were injuries to Xavier Howard and or Byron Jones. 
the two of those on the field are cornerback and rookie Noah Igbenogany watching and learning. Uh, the Dolphins' defense is extremely difficult to pass against, and even though they don't have a premier elite singular Pro Bowl rusher, uh, they are able to scheme up uh, pressure. And the uh, first-year defensive coordinator, Josh Boyer, did a terrific job of that in the last game against the Jets, bringing various pressures, lots of different looks, bringing four, five, six, even seven guys at times really in Joe Flacco's grill the whole game. And they did that simply by overloading. Last thing, Joe, as we look ahead to week eight, a Monday or a morning competition for the Los Angeles Rams in the early window once again, what do you think is a key to the game for Miami to upset on paper the Los Angeles Rams? Well, they're going to have to figure out a way to keep uh, Tua upright. Uh, you know, the offensive line has not given up a lot of sacks. And I know Coach was to say it's not just the offensive line. Ryan Fitzpatrick played a key role in that uh, by getting rid of the ball quickly and sort of moving around in the pocket in, in nifty ways. Uh, you know, it's going to have to be – and you know, I think this. I think they're going to have to be able to run the ball a little bit. The Dolphins have been a poor rushing offense. Matt Breida, who the Dolphins acquired from the 49ers before the season, has not had an impact. He hasn't had one long run. Maybe this is the game. Maybe this is the game where they do uh, a reverse, an end around, a pitch, something outside uh, of the, in, you know, outside. And, and I think that if Breida can get going, that gives the Dolphins a chance. That's interesting because Gaskins kind of had what, nearly three times as many touches as any other Dolphin. It might be a matter of getting Breida into the mix as well. Yeah, I mean, Gaskin is, is solid. He's a solid receiver. He's a solid runner. He's a solid blocker. He's just solid. I mean, he's just not great at any one thing i mean obviously the dolphins coaches trust him a little bit more than any of the other running backs at this point in time but i I still think that when the dolphins offense is looking to create some big plays which they might need against the rams i think maybe burita is is the guy for that that's great insight thank you joey appreciate some of your time on this thursday and uh, enjoy the game sunday thanks guys you too all right, we welcome back to Marco Fire, Maurice Jones, Drew. Let's transition from the Dolphins running game to that of the Los Angeles Rams. Color me a little bit surprised that the Rams spread it out and went a bit pass heavy against the Bears. Yeah, it was. I was surprised, um, especially the way the game started. Uh, it felt like, you know, the run. It was sixteen. Was a sixteen yard run on mm-hmm. first down, and you, you 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 play action pass. You run it like it, it was. Like, oh, this is going to be one of those games where they just don't even know what's coming, right? But then you tip the field and you pull Daryl and bring in Malcolm and start to spread it out and get a little pass heavy. Um, but I, I bring that up only because here's another game where you look at the metrics and you say, all right, Rams are going to run downhill. They're going to try and ground and pound. But that's not McVay's way. And, and he tends to run against the grain in certain situations, maybe anticipating the adjustment from the Miami defense coming off their bye. But here's the huge discrepancy that – I'm not sure I've ever seen anything like this. They're 32nd last in the league in run efficiency, run defense efficiency, Miami is. Pro Football Focus's opponent-adjusted defensive rankings have them dead last in the league as well. So there is an argument to be made that this is like the worst defense the Rams are going to face all year, and yet they've allowed less than nine points per game over their last two. They're allowing less than 19 points per game on the season so they're either facing really bad offenses really out of sync offenses or they're better than maybe the numbers would lead you to believe and i'm not sure how mcveigh is going to attack them i think it's fascinating this sunday they're playing really bad offenses period 
I, I, this is just me. I, I, I watch in their tape, and uh, actually one of my good buddies, Gerald Alexander, is uh, their DB coach. He was at Cal, and we played in Jacksonville together. They want to play press man on the back end. Well, that is the strength of their team. They, they want to play press man, and they want to get after you. The one thing about when you're in these tight formations and these bunch formations, you have to communicate in that press man. You have to be able to in and in, out, 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 mine, yours, all that. And that's where the Rams are going to take advantage of, especially when they want to pass the ball. It's interesting because obviously Brian Flores comes down from New England, right? And they have a reputation for that up there. But I remember going back to the Super Bowl now, it's like, well, can you play that style? Can you dictate that way against these bunches, against the pre-snap motion? Like that is designed to get you out of or exposure, man, isn't right. it? It is, but Rams couldn't do it then. Well, remember, Rams, is there an element of that? Well, there was no Cooper. Danny Cup. Shelton was kind of blowing Dude, doors. I, I, made, <laughs> I, I made a note of this. I made a note of this. Not to get too far off topic, yeah. but on the nose, they drafted Raekwon Davis out of Alabama. Serious, uh, fifty-six overall, coming off a shoulder injury. Could be a great player. He's not Danny Shelton, right? He's not Danny Shelton. They brought uh, Danny Shelton wasn't Danny Shelton. Like not that, not night. that night, right. yeah. yeah right. Uh, Kyle Van Oy yeah. came down yeah, from yeah. New England, uh, but they're not using him in the same way. Anyways, I, I just bring that up in terms of is there an element of get back in terms of Flores and that game plan from the Super Bowl well, this week in Miami? Y- yes, and Chicago had a decent game plan too. I just thought the offensive line was better. I thought they were quicker. I thought they were more in sync, I mean, with the exception of Witt lining up offsides, which yeah, still yeah, makes yeah. me laugh. Because it just seemed like he just got old man tired right. and just lined up there. I'm not moving. Hey, yeah. by the way, Austin Corbett. Yeah, he, he he validated that trade in just a couple of reps against Hicks for me. So you went nose to nose with probably the biggest and the strongest, and you wore them out. So and you're 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 facing a step down in Miami's defense. So if you played the same way you played against Chicago, I think everything works. And against press man, I agree with you. I, I bet Sean McVay gives them bunch, gives them a lot to worry about, a lot of motions pre-snap stuff uh, to help Jared Goff and then there's going to be a a, a a plethora of rub routes oh getting these guys off. you know what I'm saying uh, Sean yes. McVay loves press man he loves to play against it so you'll see a lot of these route combinations this is what he was born to do and I don't think there's a lot of pressure coming per man they no. don't have a Khalil Mack that no. can beat a guy on the outside and and wreck your drive so uh, I, I do see them running the football, but more of a function off throwing the football first, getting Miami running, and then running the football behind it. Well, what you say is pretty amazing because you don't often find great coverage teams playing behind deficient pass rushes. Right. I mean, they they are a total anomaly, this defense, and that's why they're scary is because especially coming off a bye, I don't know what they're going to present. Like, if you can be that good in coverage well, this is the without thing. knocking the quarterback off his spot consistently, you must be legit Sean McVay is a competitor and I I promise you he remembers Flores from that Super Bowl game and the one person he didn't have was Cooper Cup and I guarantee you that's who they're going to highlight that's a nice call this is what this is what would have happened if we had this guy here right we had the 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 our our piece that we needed to to make this three receiver uh work and to be honest when you watch the way that like the Rams are scheming things up, like that touchdown to Josh Reynolds where you put Daryl Henderson at the X and he's on the ball by himself and you're running rub routes, like you don't talk. see that. Yeah. <laughs> you have to talk. And so if you're playing press man, I guarantee you they'll come out late of the huddle, they'll sprint to the line, snap the ball, guys will be all over the place and just be running wide open hmm. down the field because, again, in man-to-man you have to communicate. And if they switch to zone, guess what? Guys are just going to be sitting in the soft area and you're going to go to work. And right. so it, it – this is more of me thinking that McVeigh remembers 
what happened and how he felt after that Super Bowl when you only held what six points, mm-hmm. and it's just like okay, I gotta, I gotta get, I'm gonna, I got this. This is the year for me to get some get back of, of that that Super Bowl. I get Flores here in Miami, who's technically not calling his own plays on defense, but I think he's the in the room. Stands. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he's in the room. And then we, you get New England later on. You know, it's funny um, as a defense when. You come up with new stuff, new wrinkles, and when you're a blitz team, when you're a pressure team or exotic, right? right? You always come up with something new, and you want to use it in what I call pitcher's count, second and long, where you can just blitz till the cows come home. So you got something new, you worked on it, and then they break the huddle and show you something new that they haven't shown on film, and we can't line up to this. Hmm. You know what I mean? So we got something that we want to run, but now, wait, the running back is outside the numbers, so who has who, blah, 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 and then you have to change it, and bam, they beat you on it. You know what I mean? That's it, what it just, happened. It demoralizes you. So I like that Sean McVay every single week will give a defense or a defensive coordinator something else to have to prepare for. And then he may or may not use it in that game, but just something that keeps you up at night, personnel or formation-wise. Every time I, I look at an opposing offense and I'm like, okay, who do you start with, right? Who do you try and take away? I'm, I often try and reflect on, imagine being on the other side of the equation and trying to figure out, is this Josh Reynolds' week? Like, they've thrown touchdowns yeah. to him in back-to-back. Is this Cooper Cup's week? No. Is Tyler Higby playing this week? Is it going to be Daryl Henderson? Is it gonna, like, well, they're, they're liable to beat you with any of their eligibles on any given week. Depending on what your rules are and who you have. Uh, the wrinkle I saw this week versus Chicago was when they went 12. You had Johnny Munt and you had Everett out there, but they were in an in, in, in inverted situation yes. where Munt is back and Everett's on the line of scrimmage, but he's the end man. Mm-hmm. You know how tough that is to line up on? Where do I put the, the, the defensive end? How come? I d- dig into that a little it's bit more. It's just confusing. It's, 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 it's a bubble there. It's two bubbles. You have the nose, tack bubble, nose tackle bubble, and then you have a tight end bubble. And look, wait a minute. Where do I put the nine technique? Do, you do I put, put him, him outside or do I put him inside? Do I split him? Like right. <laughs> it it what it does is it forces the defense to show their hand, right? Because it's similar to the reason that the Rams went empty. It shows you if you're blitzing, who's dropping down and mm-hmm. where they have to go because you have to once everybody's dis- displaced, you have to be like, "All right, I got to get to this area because if I'm disguising too long, the ball can come out quick." Uh when you put those two tight ends there, like DeMarco saying, you can put a D end right in between those guys, but now you have let you have out leveraged them. Or you can put a guy outside of them. Now we can kick out and just move right up. So it just puts them in a bind where the normal way is to put the first guy on the ball and then the second guy Everett or Munn on the ball who's next to the tackle and then Everett who's uh, behind and then you can just put a guy outside and you could crash all that down. I just love how Munt was the hammer last year against <laughs> the Bears, right? And then most of those guys are the same. Like yeah. they're like remembering a year prior at the Coliseum, and all of a sudden he's Tyler Higby wearing eighty two crazy right and they're running yeah. routes for him and they're targeting him and and that's what i mean in terms of well, one kudos to johnny mont right like big time yeah and always I al- ready i also think it gave me a new appreciation for that wednesday thursday friday in thousand oaks in terms of there's some synchronicity there's so much rehearsal to this offense you can't run a play like that in the goal line to josh reynolds without repping it and so right. if you really are dinged and if you really can't practice on thursday you got I, issues I, well i understand why higby maybe he could have grunted through it, but why he's inactive, because it's more valuable to us to be able to execute the way we practice everything Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, than necessarily to have the most talented guy or the most experienced guy in that role. And more so, to add to that, when Sean McVay decides, okay, uh, on this play, I want you guys to hang in the huddle until about 10 seconds on the play clock and then run up, we're going to snap it. And then the next drive, Jared Goff will leave that defensive line in their stance for 25 seconds. Hmm. That's the old Peyton Manning. I'm just going to burn you out. I'll just yeah. sit there and start 
you know, f- fake signaling you while you're sitting there in a three-point stance for, for 30 seconds and then run the ball right at you because yeah. you're gassed. Hamstrings you know? are on point. Which, I think, it, yeah. which he can do home or away this year, which is like a <laughs> right. super unique thing to be able to leverage to your advantage at Hard Rock this yeah. week. Yeah, you spread out to your position. They're well, trying to catch up just to get lined up, and then real, real quick, boom, they got plays for you. I thought Hard Rock is open. Not completely. No? They're going to have some fans. Yeah, so, well, they, I yeah. know they had a lot against the Jets. There was a lot of people there. When they rolled two out, I mean, it was a standing. It was loud, but there weren't. it wasn't packed. There, <laughs> were, there were people there, yeah. I'm going to take a look at capacity and see what they're up to this week in Miami as they await the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, still to come, a look around the division, and it's a fairly limited look because there is one featured matchup. Niners and Seahawks. Boom. Mmm. That's tasty. <laughs> what outcome would benefit the Rams more? We'll talk about that on the other side as Rams All Access continues, 710 ESPN. All right, quick look around the division, and obviously all eyes in the NFC West are on the 49ers and the Seahawks' first matchup of this year between those two teams, Niners at 4-3, and three, and with a lot of confidence after back-to-back wins over the Rams and the Patriots. And the Seahawks licking their wounds a little bit after a three-interception game from Russell Wilson resulted in their first loss of 2020 in overtime against Arizona. With DeMarco Farr, with Maurice Jones-Drew, I'm JB Long, wrapping up this edition of All Access here on 710 ESPN. Uh, after the Rams play in the early window, hopefully get a win. You had a chance to watch this one between the Niners and the Seahawks. Yeah, I, I mean, listen, the, this is going to be a great game because both teams pride themselves on being physical. Both teams pride themselves on being explosive. Uh, and, and I think Jamal Adams is back this week, which should help the Seahawks defense a little bit. Uh, but the Niners are getting healthy. You know, um, the I want to say they just put Fred Wilson Jr. on IR, but now you're getting Tevin Coleman back possibly this week. They got listen. This is this is NFC West football, and I've said it before. I believe all four teams have a chance to make it to the playoffs this year, which I, is crazy. The other thing is they now have reason to believe in next man up, right? The philosophy oh. that everyone trots out there. But when you can beat your division rival and then go to New England and clock them like nobody's clocked them, that saying has substance yeah new england i don't know what they are do you guys know what new england is i don't know i know what they are they they about to start tanking soon whatever they were last week i hope that's what they are when they come to sofi stadium that's and this is going to be funny if brady makes the playoffs and new england doesn't you know that's going to be a storyline funny for tb12 not funny for someone else. but funny that's that's going to be a story but um you know i just can san francisco run enough to stop russell wilson from tearing up their defense because I, I think Russell Wilson's going to ha- he's going to have his way with that 49er defense. I, I really do. Um, but can Pete Carroll drum up or dial up something to stop that run game? I doubt that as well. Well, think about it. They just traded for Carlos Dunlap. You're going to get Jamal Adams back. Like, all these things are happening. Half a Dunlap, you know. He was a backup. <laughs> yeah, let me, yeah, let me yeah, rephrase yeah. it this way. Two questions, two questions. Who do you think will win? Who should the Rams want to win? Oh, geez. Uh, I think Seattle's going to win. Yeah. I don't know if that's what I – is that what I want? If you're the you, – no, that's not what you want. You think, I think Seattle's going to win, but you want the Niners to win because it knocks everyone back down one. Hmm. And then now we're all in this – now we're all two wins or two losses. Because it means when you come back from the bye, if you can get Miami, when you come back from the bye it's all tied to up. play the division, five-year, six-division games, you're not down half anything. Yeah, you're, yeah. Straight, you're straight rolling at that point. And then – you know that that's what makes football fun, right? Now, now yeah. you 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 get Seattle twice, you get the Cardinals twice, and you're gonna play the Niners once and figure this thing out. Well, somebody asked me about the 49er Ram rivalry and why it kind of dropped off a little, and it's not between the two teams; it's because of Seattle. 
Yeah. Seattle has created a rivalry with San Francisco all on its own. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's a little bit different. But I just coming off a loss to Arizona, a heartbreaking loss, I just think that the Seahawks will bounce back. And outside of Fred Warner – uh, who? What? What guys? Jermichael Hasties. What guy worries you well? versus Russell Wilson? What do you in mean in San like, Francisco? Trying to track down a little sprite of a quarterback? Oh no, I don't that's know. I, yeah, that's what I mean. Can I give you San Francisco's schedule before the Rams host them? I think our audience is aware that they were about to run the gauntlet, but here it is: at Seattle, home to the Packers, rematch of the NFC Championship game, at the Saints, and then they come to SoFi. Wow! Wow! Ooh. I mean, it's it's just this strange stretch where if they are getting right, look out, <laughs> and they're going to clear out a lot of NFC contenders. If they're not, if they're a little bit over their skis and they're not the roster, that'll they, be it. <laughs> that'll be. I mean, that'll yeah. be it. Well, wow. I mean, again, I, 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 there's something in me that's telling me that the Niners are getting right. Oh, by the way, they play the bills after the rams too wow and and they so there's really five games left before they get to washington yeah but even with that like the, this the nfc west i mean you saw what arizona's done what they're doing what seattle has done and what they're doing like it's just like the rams what they've done and what they're doing like it would be bananas if all four teams make the playoffs well that's, i could see it happening though. and that's where i circle back to where we kind of started this edition of rams all access which is how you play this weekend and what result you get is, changes the whole complexion, right? Yes, it like does. if you were to drop this one, then you're just in a downright regroup, dogfight the rest of the way, do the best you can in the NFC West, see what shakes out. If you win this one, if you're watching TV at six and two next week and you're preparing for that back half, which has five home games and five division games, I think your expectations go from high to sky. High. I like right. that world. In a world where you're six and two. <laughs> They're off to Miami to see if they can do it. For DeMarco Farr from Reese Jones-Drew, I'm JB Long. Looking forward to speaking to you Sunday morning on 710 ESPN.